0: Psalm 73, verses 21 and 22. When my heart was grieved and my spirit embittered, I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you.
1: You know, Nathan, you and I uh, spent some time on this very same, a different part of this very same psalm. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want to retread uh, what we might have said there, but I I remember it as a... Uh, very positive conversation uh, and you might uh, let me just actually read my reflection on this and see if it uh, pertains uh, you're, you, you, what we we've been doing over the last few days is actually um, it's almost like okay nathan your 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 passage to read and it's gonna be read in the church, and you're gonna give your sermon on it is psalm 73 21 through 22 Mm -hmm. and then i have been watching you and listening to you then say well here's how i prepare this sermon and it's Mm -hmm. going to be 15 to 20 25 minutes uh and i am going to focus on the words and how those Mm -hmm. words represent the greater reality of god's story Mm -hmm. yep now i tend to having no training Uh, I tend to generalize from the passage and then kind of apply back to it what we're experiencing Mm -hmm. in the world today. It's kind Mm -hmm. of typical when you're not trained to do, (laughs) to give sermons. But I am a teacher by nature, so I'm trying to actually uh, help people understand that the Bible is the most contemporary book they will ever read in their lives. Yeah. So...
0: And I think you do that really well. You know, obviously all of us, we're walking around in this world. We have the news channels on and we have the, you know, just the reality of what we're seeing out of our windows. And then we introduce the word of God into those scenarios and we're trying to make sense of it all. And you do a really good job of that. And as you pointed out, I just try to slow down on the words and say, okay, what's what's right here? And then how can we, you know, maybe extrapolate out? of that and then look again at the world around us and see what it might be saying you know as pointing to God's larger story you you, you know already how much i love psalm 73 written by asaph a really a worship leader a music leader in the temple In Psalm 73, I I just really, I hope you'll challenge me on this. Keep me accountable to this. Before I die, I'd like to write a book about Psalm 73. I think it's just so rich and so good and could be so helpful. But Asaph goes on this journey where he has these terrible views of the world around him and of himself until he goes into the sanctuary of God. And the view of himself, which is what he's describing here, now he's confessing to God after having the experience with God in the sanctuary. He's like, actually, My heart was grieved and my spirit embittered. In the Hebrew there, it says, um, my heart was pricked. You know, like there was a thorn in his heart. I was senseless and ignorant. I was a brute beast before you. He's confessing that to God here in this verse. But his previous view of himself before that sanctuary experience was very high and mighty. It's in verse 13. When he says, all in vain have I kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence. You know, he, he's like the older brother here. I know we keep circling back to the parable of the prodigal throughout these, um, throughout this whole year. But he's so arrogant. You know, he's like, oh, I, I, I've just been following all the rules, washing my hands, <laughs> staying clean. I guess it's all in vain because, you know, the wicked people are prospering and I'm not. And he's so on a high horse and then he encounters God and now he says actually i was like a beast when i was acting like that i was like a beast toward you god i had a i had a thorn in my heart and i'm confessing that now he has a new view of himself um, i can learn a lot from asaph i don't know about you
1: well i learn a lot from you <laughs> i'm talking about asaph so that's the way it works let me just finish off this uh, um, discussion with uh, what I wrote uh not all of it, but it's just a, th- a thing see uh it, 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 it just it, i think it summarizes what some of the what you were saying mm-hmm. the things that have afflicted us and this is the people talking about the world envy, greed, lust, and pride begin to vacate uh to, uh to vacate the chambers of our heart and instead of living life in a void, we experience the Abundance, this is the, you know, coming into the sanctuary, we experience the abundance and the joy flowing from the fullness of God's Holy Spirit within. The only other thing I want to say about that, which I didn't write, is as I have grown uh, more familiar with the biblical story, and then I started applying it to my own situation, my own life, uh, which has a beginning, a middle, and not yet an end, that the the Holy Spirit is something that becomes realer to me every day. Mm. And it was probably the thing I was most distant from when I was younger and was going to churches. And it just was not part of the conversation. I, I think there was fear of it or whatever, or it was just not you know, scientific or something. But I think that the reality of the Holy Spirit, for anybody that has savored any part of these discussion, is at the heart of what is going on between in this discussion between Nathan and I, the Holy Spirit is present uh, when words come out of our mouths, whether you're doing it in the form of a sermon or a teaching or just relationships with people, the Holy Spirit is so fundamental to the reality of the Christian experience.